WMQA. Hello and welcome to WMQ&A, the official podcast of the WMQ Comics website. I'm your host, Dan Grote. This week we're chatting with Alex Packnadel, who's currently writing the excellent Friendo over at Vault Comics and Kino for Lion Forge, and is co-plotting the upcoming Incursion at Valiant with Andy Diggle. Uh, this interview goes all over the map. We talk about techno dystopias, the dark politics currently at play in our respective countries, and also turn of the millennium alternative music. Uh, Alex is a great guy and was very patient with us while we muddled through some uh, technical difficulties. So please enjoy this episode. Uh, also enjoy some of the great content we've got over at WMQComics.com. Matt Lazowitz has a bonus reading column up on some of comics' other barbarians besides Conan, and one Conan who is not a barbarian. Uh, we've also got a new installment of Pod People, our monthly Q&A with other comics podcasters, in which we chat with Charlie from The Young Ones, whom you may remember from our X-Force episode just a few weeks ago. Uh, this week we're going heavy on Young Justice as DC relaunches that series. That'll fuel Matt's next bonus reading column. And uh, we're also excited for the return of Images Criminal and the debut of Gunning for Hits, an image series that mixes the music industry and the criminal underworld set against the backdrop of 1980s New York. Which, uh, you know, when I was talking with our reviewer, Joshua Bermont, about, you know, what he was going to uh, review next week, and I gave him a few pitches and, and told him about Gunning for Hits, he was like, yep, nope, that's me. I want that. Mine. Yoink. <laughs> so uh, look forward for that to that, and uh, be sure to check out everything we got going on over at WMQComics.com. And uh, hey, maybe if you like what you hear, what you read, you know, consider backing us on Patreon or just, you know, click that like button, you know? We, uh... We, lo- we love you either way. <laughs> uh, so now here are me and Matt and Alex. So let's start off talking about Friendo, your series at Vault Comics with Martin Simmons. Uh, for people who don't know, uh, it's a near future story where the world's governments have basically outlawed uh, any escape or avoidance of targeted marketing. So the human race is living in a 24-7 marketing experiment, and there is a new piece of tech. It's kind of like Google Glass a little bit, but it comes with this uh, programmable AI, uh, which in the case of the main character is named Jerry and acts like his best friend and is around as long as uh, Leo has, quote-unquote, purchase intent, uh, you know, uh, wants to buy something. And then Jerry comes along, gives him advice, uh, you know, uh, kind of, and then there's some mental illness stuff at play. Uh, curious to kind of start. How long had this idea uh, been percolating with you before it found a home? Um, well, it was it was um, a good few years actually. Uh, I, yeah, I was working um, for a, a marketing uh, education company in London at the time. Uh, this must be about 2012 or something, and. Um, the Google Glass announcement came out. I mean, it's very conspicuously a sort of Google Glass analog. Sure. Um, and um, I just remember thinking to myself at the time, you know, how are they going to monetize this thing? Because uh, most of the time, uh, the, co- the cost of a lot of new tech is sort of absorbed by advertising. So like um, a, a Kindle Fire, right? You know, wh- <laughs> why is the unit cost of a Kindle Fire so low? It's because... Every time you turn the thing on, you're just barraged with advertising. So that 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 you know that's absorbed. That that's why the unit price can be so low. And I assumed that they were going to do a similar thing with, with Google Glass. But then it just occurred to me, just you know, on a, on a, on, a, on a particularly cruel lunch break, um, that maybe they just render an in, an an AI into your environment rather than having loads of push notifications sort of swimming into your field of vision. Mm-hmm. You would actually have a, a sort of AI, an augmented reality buddy uh, who would just sort of point out discounts to you and say, oh, you know, go in here. i got a coupon or whatever. Um, and then you, I sat back a bit and then reflected on that a little more and thought, that's really chilling. <laughs> you know, and, you know, what if this person had access to your search history um, or this, 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 this buddy had access to your, your search history? So they, they'd know more about you than, than some of your most sort of intimate acquaintances. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would be able to nudge you in all sorts of terrifying directions, but, but underpinned by this one compulsion to just make you spend money. Um, and uh, I mean, it's an abstraction too far. And, and, and obviously, you know, Google Glass 
didn't didn't take off certainly in that iteration but i don't think we've seen the end i don't i don't think we've seen the last of that technology i really don't you know in a lot of ways it kind of gets you know it's one of those things that ends up getting folded into other things i mean you know vr headsets are kind of a, a spiritual successor to the google glass i mean the, the technology is still not widely spread but it, you know they're they're clearly trying to hook up computers directly to your eyeballs uh you know <laughs> as much as possible yeah yeah and and it always it always reminds me of there's a uh there's a stanislav lem novel called the futurological congress where you know people are sort of immersed in an augmented reality environment where um the their surroundings are really dilapidated but there's this uh, sort of uh, uh, digital like holographic overlay. So rather than sort of absorbing, you know, lo local sort of authorities, rather than paying, you know, paying out to sort of uh, regenerate areas, they just do these holographic overlays to make everything look look wonderful. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, I, and again, I always thought that was a really sort of chilling. I mean, maybe that that, that was probably lurking in the back of my mind somewhere. I don't know. There is a, there's a moment in the comic that I, uh, one of many moments, obviously, that I appreciated, but uh, the CEO of the company that makes the glasses, uh, you know, he's looking out the, the window, and I think a couple of, of window washers had just fallen to their deaths. No one's paying it any mind. But he makes the, the declaration, declamation that he wants to be the Sid Vicious of Vertically Integrated Consumer Electronics. Um <laughs> That is, you know, th that is a unique and highly specific thing, uh, and and I love it. Uh, I do wonder if, you know, uh, obviously the book is set in in Los Angeles, but you know, do you see that same kind of, uh, I guess, tech bro uh, culture in Britain? Uh, hugely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, silicon, we we have Silicon Roundabout, which is a far more <laughs> modest uh, <laughs> and, and so British. Uh, but you know, there's a place in London around uh, old around Old Street uh, called Silicon. There's unofficially called Silicon Roundabout, um, and um, it's I, you know I used to work there, so uh, I can personally attest to the fact that it's absolutely festooned with assholes because I am one. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. It's no, it, it's it's funny, isn't it? I mean, the the, the tech bro thing. It, it, it's 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 really peculiar. I, 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 there are obviously really terrifying people like Peter Thiel mm -hmm. um, and Elon Musk who kind of genuinely terrify me. And there's always that kind of lingering question, isn't there, of like, you know, oh yeah, you know, I, I, you guys are into some really peculiar stuff, aren't you? And um, but on the sort of on the demotic level, you know, the, the, the guys that I was working with and, you know, who sort of slept under their desks and everything. I mean, not that, not that anyone did at my company, but I know that it was, there was that culture of sort of sleeping under your desk. Sure. Um, you know, the, the, they're, they're great. You know, uh, they're great. It was, um, it's, it, I think it's, it's the, it's the sort of the billionaire tech class. I think there's some very, very strange individuals with, very odd sort of Svengali like tendencies. Um, and yeah, with that, I mean, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you, you, um, the, the, the CEO guy that I, that I put in the, um, in Frendo, I mean, just before the, the, the bit you mentioned where he says, you know, he wants to be the Sid Vicious of vertically integrated consumer electronics. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, you know, the, the, the guys who are cleaning the windows, um, Fall, fall past, uh, you know, but you just see them sort of, you know, whiz past the window because they've, they've fallen off their, their, their scaffold. Um, and he actually turns to the board and just says to us, just says to them, did that just happen? And another guy just pipes up and goes, no, sir. Um, <laughs> and it is, just, I just, it was just, you know, just how quickly they kind of screen out um, the rest of us, I guess. That was what mm -hmm. I wanted to, to, to really sort of capture with that. Um, just how the just how sort of the the instrumentality of everyone around them you know what i mean mm -hmm. and if you're not useful you don't exist um on, on the whole there is a very you know topical 2018 uh feel to the book uh you know you, you mentioned having this kind of 
kernel of the idea uh, going back a few years, but, you know, what is sort of, you know, are you able to kind of plan ahead on it or is there more of a, a tighter kind of production schedule? Uh, it, it's very tight, actually. Um, the reason being, uh, we, we, we pitched it in 2015, I think. Um, and it, it took a while to, to go through the sort of acceptance procedure and get the contract signed and everything. And then we, we, we sat down to, to, to make the thing, Martin and I, and then, uh, and then the world melted. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, you know, the, the, the various kind of political upheavals of, of 2016, you know, both in my country and, and in the States um, and well, like everywhere, really, um, it, all, it all kicked off. And we realized that, um, you know, we, we thought we were making this sort of, <laughs> you know, edgy, mordant, you know, satire of, you know, the, the blasted consumer scalpscape of 2015 or whatever. Um, and then just. 40% of everything we'd, we'd, we'd written had already been kind of overtaken by events. Um, so we, we, we made the decision to produce the thing, uh, actually taking our cue from South Park, right? Sure. Um, to, to produce the thing really, really close to the wire, as close to the wire as we possibly could. I mean, it, it, it it's, it's, it's 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 beasted us. Don't get me wrong. It's you know we're we're all sitting here you know with with bleeding eyes and everything. But <laughs> we thought it would be we wanted the 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 world that people are reading about in the book to very closely resemble the headlines that people were seeing you know three days ago. And then I mean in reality you know everything you know with twenty four hour news cycle everything is moving so fast that's 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 almost impossible. But we still wanted to. And then the thing is, I mean, you know, it's not a it's not a polemical book. I don't think it proselytizes. You know, there, there aren't any soapboxes anywhere. Mm -hmm. But I think what it tries to do is or what we're trying to do is capture that feeling of uh, anomie, of, of normlessness, um, because I think, you know, wherever you sit politically right now, um, we're all feeling very sort of off balance and uncomfortable. You know, I don't think, I don't think anybody thinks that things are going swimmingly. Right. Sure, so, yeah. um, so, and, and we wanted to kind of, we wanted to really sort of capture that, 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 that sense of, you know, up is down, black is white. And, you know, something you heard this morning can be, either, can either disappear by the afternoon or has, you know, mutated into something entirely different. Um, and, and that's why, you know, I guess the book very deliberately feels very sort of, you know, Lynchian and kind of unhinged, you know? Yeah. Um, this, you know, you've got a bit of, of in your back catalog, techno-futurism. Uh, you wrote uh, Arcadia over a boom about 99% uh, of the human race being digitized to save it from a pandemic, uh, kind of Ray Kurzweil style. Um, but in terms of, of you know, writing uh, these kinds of, of stories, you know, uh, how much of it is is kind of, you know, uh, from your time, you know, kind of working in and, and studying the tech industry to kind of extrapolate where it's going and how much of it, you know, can you say, you know, is a product of, you know, a lifetime of reading, you know, uh, sci-fi or, or other, you know, media and kind of just being able to make those predictions as a student of the form, you know, because, you know, where where's kind of the line between the two, I guess? Yeah, um... It's a funny one, you know, because I'm, 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 I'm an academic by training. So, like, I, I did a PhD in, in English, and I, I, I graduated in 2011. Mm -hmm. um, and then went to work in the tech industry pretty much straight out of, uh, straight out of school. Um, so, I'd already had the, um, the cultural grounding, I guess. Um, and then sort of applied that to what I was seeing. Um, so like, I mean, you know, my, but, 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 you know, my, like my master's degree was on Philip K. Dick. Um, my PhD was on JG Ballard. My, like my bachelor's degree dissertation was on Cronenberg's remake of the fly. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's always been there, you know? Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't until I actually started working, um, and you know, these, you know, God bless them, you know, these, these, these two brothers, uh, in London sort of, you know, plucked me 
out of a service industry job like i was i was working in a costume shop um and yeah these guys uh you know this 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 uh, marketing and tech you know market digital marketing education company just sort of plucked me out of this out of the shop and gave, and gave me a job and you know but it was it was it was a hugely steep learning curve um but it's I would say that you know those those three years that I was working for them, you know, I've 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 been I've been dining out and mining that experience ever since, you know, and and, and you know no sign of stopping, you know, it was it was really hard work, but I'm you know it was it was worth it because it's just given me you know a decade's worth of material. <laughs> you're uh, you're part of a group called the uh, the White Noise Collective along with. Uh... Ryan O'Sullivan, Dan Waters, uh, Ram V, and Casper uh, Wingard, uh, all of whom found work at Vault in the past year. Uh, I'm kind of curious what you know what the particulars are of this alliance. Do you guys have, share a common working space, or is it more of kind of like a general sharing of, of, of resources and support kind of you know deal? Yeah, I mean it's it's the it's definitely the latter. Uh, we we live in very far flung corners of the country, you know. Um, Ryan's in Yorkshire. I'm in Lancashire. Um, Ram and, and Dan are both in London. Casper's um, uh, like near the Welsh border. Um, so yeah, we're we're all very far flung. Uh, it's it's but it's yeah as you say you know we share resources and support. Um, so we're, we're each other's first editors. Um, we also. Um, you know, so we, we look at each other's scripts. Um, we 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 share um, things that we're reading. I mean, I know it sounds really sort of, I know it sounds really sort of low level and and, and sort of constipated, but it's it's quite a profound thing. So um, new techniques. Uh, I mean, we're all. I mean, I, I I'm probably the least form formally kind of minded of the group, but those guys have sort of really pulled me up. I would say uh in, in in that respect you know i i would tend to write comics as like one act plays you know mm-hmm. um whereas you know those guys tend to kind of go really deep with formalism and and you know that but that's been great so you know we but i you know i i have more of a i mean don't get me wrong those guys you know they're all very they've all got a very very solid kind of uh groundings um in culture and literature and philosophy and what have you but you know we all we all have our own sort of specialisms so we just sort of throw those at each other and and, and see what sticks really but it's i mean it's a, it's a fascinating group to be part of you know because i mean ram's got um uh ram's a, a renaissance man really um uh, in, in in the sense that you know he he has phenomenal business acumen um uh a scientific background um and and is also a a phenomenal writer um you know dan and i are probably the closest in the sense that you know dan's got a background in 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 academia he's another uh he's his background samuel beckett right um he did a a (laughs) master's degree um and ryan's a philosopher um and you know obviously you know casper is just you know i i would say one of the most innovative new artists of the last decade. I mean, certainly, I think the the, the colours that he uses, um, the colour or the palette that he uses, that sort of uh, that very sort of neon inflected colour scheme. Um, just a couple of years ago, I just it just started cropping up everywhere. You know what I mean? And all right, this is all just Casper. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's the sincerest form of flattery, but it's definitely there. You know. No, no, I, yeah, absolutely. I can, I, you know, kind of, I can, and I can picture that too, and and you know, a lot of other work. Um, uh, Matt, I think you were about to say something. Sorry. No, no, no go on. Um, oh, I'm good. Go, you know, go ahead. Well, I was gonna. Uh, so, um, moving on um, to, to for something for me. Um, you're <laughs> gonna be starting your work with Valiant soon, uh, co-writing uh, Incursion. Uh, with Andy Diggle, the new Eternal Warrior project. Um, how did you get involved with uh, Valiant? Right. Um, yeah. Um, just a small, a small point of order. Um, I'm, I'm co-plotting with Andy. I'm, I'm, I'm writing. I'm, um, I'm writing. Uh, he, he's oh. co-writing the first issue with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but everything thereafter, I'm, I'm writing solo. Uh, <laughs> that answers my next question. So great. <laughs> 
but yeah, he's uh, but he's he's we 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 we're co-plotting it, um, and I mean I think it was just you know uh, a, a, a passing of the torch if you like, um, but uh, and as to how I got involved with them, um, I was it was it was a really rapid turnaround. Like I was um, I was down in London uh, for a, a, a signing of Forbidden Planet uh, with Ryan actually, um, and like I, I got a call from Andy. Um, and he said, you know, look, I'm interested in getting, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, I've got, I've got this idea, um, that I've got in with Valiant. Um, and basically I've got to spin a lot of plates, but I was wondering if you would be interested in doing it. Um, and I think within 20 minutes, um, I was emailing with, uh, Joe Illich, the executive editor over at Valiant. Um, and it was really just, I mean, it was really sort of serendipitous, um, I was flying out to NYC uh, at three o'clock and three o'clock in the morning, um, and I was on a flight. And within two days, I was having coffee with Joe in Brooklyn, <laughs> writing story on Incursion. And it was just really, it was yeah, it was really really odd. Just you know, I think the, the French have this this term concomitance, you know, uh, right timing. Mm. Um, and it just it, it just fell into place really quite beautifully yeah so um uh and yeah i was i was brought on to do that and um now um i get to work with the estimable doug braithwaite who's a genius um he i i've loved his stuff for a long time he's done some great work for valiant over recent times too his uh exo this work he did with exo was incredible right yeah just beautiful stuff um and i i mean he's and he's really going to town on 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 this i can tell you i'm you know, I'm, I'm i'm getting pages in my inbox um and it's um i don't know it's that his stuff's just decadent to me it just feels decadent you know what i mean there's an opulence about it um and it but it's just such a weird thing because you know it, it dug someone that you know i've been a fan of for a long time and i mean i've been doing this now i've been doing this job for three years now you know i shouldn't i shouldn't be fanboying at this stage <laughs> but there are just people that you just fanboy with and you can't help it you know what i mean and you do end up sitting there you know with you know a pineapple in your mouth just talking rubbish <laughs> and that was you know i met i met doug uh, about three weeks ago at mcm and i just did that thing of like so, some people, when you know, when when then when they're sort of when they're socially anxious, will just say nothing. Um, I'm precisely the opposite. I just talk and 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 talk. And, talk. and he's and bless him, right? Doug's just kind of sitting there, nodding and smiling, being really, really kind. But, but I, just, I, I just walked away and gone, oh god, I just talked to him for two hours. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what have I done? Uh, but honest, but it was it was just because Doug Braithwaite, man. Did you know the the Valiant universe going in? Um, for me, I'm a sort of old school Valiant fan. Around the time that the original iteration of Valiant ended, I got a big, a, nearly a long box worth of books at a, a shop that was having a massive sale for a dime a book. And I got the entire run of the original Eternal Warrior and Archer and Armstrong. So those are characters I've got a, a deep bench with. I really dig those characters. Hmm. Um, I think, I mean, I, um, I picked up, uh, I picked up Bloodshot when it first came out because there's a foil cover, man. I mean, come on, I'm only human. <laughs> yeah. um, and those, those foil covers are super valuable now. Um, <laughs> oh yeah every single one of them um <laughs> it's a better investment than gold come on um <laughs> but, but but no but i i really got i really got into valiant uh with the uh with the acclaim stuff right so when uh when mark way took over exo like i loved that right uh chris priest's quantum and woody fantastic um, yeah, loved it. And like, um, uh, Warren Ellis, uh, he, he did a, um, like a solar man of the atom one shot. I mean, I know solar isn't, isn't, isn't valiant anymore. Um, but that was just great. You know, he did, he did it as like a first contact story. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I was super into that stuff. Um, and since they brought it back, um, I mean, full disclosure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the big selling point for me was Josh Dysart. Um, I mean, I think Unknown Soldier he, oh. is one of the best. Yeah, like I'm going to go out on a limb. I, I think it might be the best Vertigo book ever. Um, in in my view, um, it's the best Vertigo book ever. Um, and you know, when I, when he was taking over, when, you know, when I when I when I learned that he was going to be writing Harbinger, and uh, you know, Valiant was going to be where he lived effectively, I was like, okay, I'm yeah, I'm on board for this. And I've read a bunch of the other titles. I think they're great. You know. Um, doing you know doing exo as like you know bar- barbe- you know space barbarian yeah bring it on fantastic <laughs> um and um uh you know getting um you know matt kent dwayne swazinski on bloodshot you know those are all just ridiculously heavy hitters i mean it was you know i think they do this thing where they you know they only field a very limited number of books Mm-hmm. But they just they they always use heavy hitters, you know. Jeff Lemire, Matt Kent, as I said, you know Swazinski, um, uh, uh, Robert Venditti. You know these are all great, great, great people. And obviously, you know we know that the art bench is just ridiculously deep. But now, you know they're doing um, they're bringing out you know a, a new a whole new wave of books. And I was very happy to see you know um, uh, you know my friend Vita Ayala. Um, is going to be is doing live wire. I think that drops in a couple of weeks. Yep. That and that's going to be fantastic. I can tell you now. Um, but um, yeah, sorry, very long winded. But no. yeah, long no. and short. Yeah, I'm 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 a Valiant fan, and I think I'm a, I'm a Valiant fan because I I really I like the fact that they they have a small number of titles and they focus on quality over quantity every time. You know, they don't just they don't try and flood the market. It's a very pointed approach where they just put, you know, great people on good books, you know? No, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, you touched on this briefly, but, you know, I think what we're, go- what we're seeing next year so far, you know, from Valiant kind of just going off, off solicits is, you know, it feels like they're trying a lot of, of, of new things. You know, you mentioned the Livewire series with, with Vita. There's also, a, you know, Warmonger coming out with Teeny Howard. There's the- Oh, God, Teeny, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Just- yeah, you know uh, Joshua Dysart's doing that uh, uh, Toyo Harada series coming up. So yeah, which I'm super excited about because, like, I mean, it, it's basically it's like it's like it's, it's the third, it's it's the it's the sequel to Imperium, right? Which is just mm-hmm. one of my favorites. You know, but it's just it's the line looks so different from what you've seen the past few years. So it's it's this nice shakeup because it's not like you know there's not this compunction that like you know we constantly have to have. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously EXO is still ongoing. There is a Bloodshot series, but like uh, Nin- Ninjack or, or Quantum and Woody, for example. You know what I mean? You can cycle things kind of, of in and out and, and let these kind of new voices and new characters come to the fore. So, yeah, yeah i definitely interested in all of that. Um, another book that you're writing right now is uh, Kino from uh, Lion Forge's Catalyst Prime line. Uh, I was kind of curious with uh, Gail Simone coming aboard as architect of the line, whether, you know, you've gotten to talk with her yet at all about kind of her vision going forward and, 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 you know, kind of your path in, in continuing on with that series. Um, right. Well, yeah, it was, it was, um, I was already about four issues deep on Kino. Mm-hmm. I mean, when Gail came on board, um, and I, I haven't spoken to her very much, uh, but she's, I mean, she's super approachable, mm-hmm. uh, but they had a, a big, you know, they, they had a big editorial summit and, um, you know, it, it like it, 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 again, you know, you talk about someone that w- would be intimidating. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if, if I ever got, you know, when I get to meet Gail face to face, I'm sure I'll talk at her solidly for two hours. <laughs> um, yeah. Been there, uh, done that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> swallow me whole planet. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we've had a couple of email exchanges and, you know, they did that big editorial summit and I was thinking, okay, this is it. You know, like, like you know, 
don't, don't get me wrong. You know, I've, I've been working with um, Jasmine Amiri, who, yeah. who was my was was my editor over was one of my editors over over at Boom, and that's always been a super comfortable relationship. But I've never been. Um, I, I love writing. I love having written, but I wouldn't say I'm super confident. Um, and, and to be honest, I, 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 I don't, I don't trust people who are. Sure. <laughs> um, but you know, so so when when that's when the editorial kind of summit happened, I was I was sitting there, you know, there was great trepidation, just thinking, oh, this is it, man. Like, you know, Gail Simone, one of my writing heroes, is going to come along and like spike my book. You know, it's going to be like the worst day ever. Um, and instead, um, uh, Jasmine got in touch with me and just said, uh, oh, oh, no, no, like, she loves what you're doing. I went, really? Went, yeah, yeah, she loves what you're doing. Um, and then I, I got, I, you know, I had this email exchange with Gail, and she was just super complimentary. I mean, not, not you know, I'm, I'm not, I, I mean, she likes everything in the line, I'm, you know, but <laughs> it, it, she just took time out of her day to just, Tell me that I was doing a good job, um, and I think you know co comics is such a small industry that you know peer esteem is a real Philip. You know, sure. um, it, can, it can make the difference between a shitty day and a good day, and that was a shitty day that turned into a good day. Um, and yeah, you know, uh, it, it's funny, man. You know, she, she, Gail has big plans and and there are changes that she's going to be making but for the most part um i've been told to carry on doing what i'm doing um which is you know <laughs> a real trip you know gail simone's just going yep yeah, you're good that, that's that's amazing it's <laughs> fantastic um you know do you see are you kind of on there for a defined arc or or do you carry you know are you carrying on for kind of as long as as you'll have you know they'll have you and vice versa um like i, I don't want to jinx it sure sure <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so far i'm good for a year okay uh, so uh, you know there's there's one arc in the bag um and like my second issue which is issue 11 um comes out um, uh, uh, Wednesday, the 28th of November. Mm -hmm. um, my first issue came out and it, it's kind of weird. There's, there's, there's been a bit of a, a lag, but the reviews for that are trickling in now and they're broadly pretty positive, which is really gratifying because, you know, you never, I, I was taken over from Joe Casey, who's yeah. like a personal hero, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, I didn't, I didn't know if I'd pull it off, but it was a, it was a funny because, you know, um, I don't, I don't, I don't know Joe well or anything, but I figured that he wouldn't, the last thing he would have wanted me to do is just carry on in the same direction. Right. If you, if you look at what Joe's done in his career, um, he, you know, he's never just sort of, you know, been a, a maintenance guy, right. Sure. It's the so, guy who took wildcats and made it a corporate espionage high concept book it this is not a man who looks at the past and says keep calm and carry on yeah yeah dude, dude um, i'm on um hand to god wildcats 3.0 is like in the dna of friendo mm. no question it, it's one of my favorite books right um so yeah i, I figured i'd you know the, the best way to kind of pay tribute to joe's run would be to do a 180 um and like i spoke to him about it very briefly and he was um very polite and very respectful and you know kind of gave me his blessing to do that um so that's what i've done so you know a, you go from this um you know a, a, a sort of hallucinatory um uh 70s inflected sort of superhero odyssey where you've got this guy who's being um held in a virtual reality environment to sort of turn him into the ideal superhero. Um, and then at the end of Joe's run, he escapes. And then in my run, um, he finds himself back in London. Um, but he finds himself in a London that's sort of in the grip of this nationalist fever. 
Um, so, you know, no relation to anything that's happening in the real world whatsoever. <laughs> Not at all. No. <laughs> yeah, none whatsoever. Any, any similarities to any person <laughs> living on the Etc. Um, and um, he finds that there is someone wandering around who looks like him. Um and so, yeah, we, you know, we've gone from sort of um, Kirby crackle um, to social realism in the space of an issue. And if I've done my job properly, it works. We, we, you know, we, we do we do occasionally dip into the kind of Kirby crackle stuff because that's you can't that stuff's too good to leave on the shelf. Sure. Um, mm. But it's it's now, it, it, you know, I'm using it for sort of extreme juxtaposition, you know. And like I, you know, I went to Lion Forge with this approach, just thinking, "Oh, this is it." You know, this is when I kind of talked myself out of the room. And but they they, they flew me out to the Writers Summit in St. Louis uh, last uh, last May, uh, just this May, sorry, May this year. Sure. Um, and yeah, I was and, and I was you know I, I met uh, I met Carl and David who own the company, and I was expecting to get a kind of "What are you doing with this character?" Um, and again, in, instead, it was just kind of like, no, you know, keep it, keep it up. Um, it's, it's been, it, it's a remarkable company to work for, but the, their, their receptivity to new approaches and new ideas is just like bracing. You know what I mean? That the, the, the buzz that they're, that they've gotten and are getting is, is supremely well-deserved. Like, yeah, I want to work. I mean, the famous last words, you know, that, you know, you'll be able to kind of quote this, but, you know, I, I do not want to be, uh, you know, I'm, I, 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 I'm, I hope I can just sort of clamp down on that company's leg and just never let go. <laughs> you know, when they're like, oh, sorry, Alex is not working out. I'm just going to dig in. <laughs> no, no, stay. <laughs> uh, you know, talking about, uh, I guess, I guess maintaining, uh, Topicality. Uh, I did read uh, issue eleven. Uh, this will this will be going up after the you know uh, a week or so after it. But uh, you know there is a definite scene of of nationalistic uh, British xenophobia, and uh, it felt very timely to read you know the same day or days that we're seeing. Oh, there's an actual Brexit deal now. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I guess I guess condolences really. Um, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's funny. Um, I mean, what do you do when, well, I, I get, hmm. it, it, it's very painful. Um, and it isn't going to get less painful, I guess. Um, it it's funny, you know. I grew up in the nineties, mm-hmm. uh, or I came of age in the nineties, and it's only now. Like I was, I was talking to I was talking to Kieran Gillen about this actually. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just realizing slowly, or the slow the slow dawning realization that you came of age in an unprecedented historical anomaly. And that everything that you thought was normal isn't. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. That absolutely makes yeah. sense. You know, like, oh, you know, here are cultural mores and values that I can just take for granted and kind of move on. And like, oh, shit, no, I can't actually. Like, there is there are like millions of people who just like genuinely think that like, immigrants suck <laughs> and yeah it's 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 horrifying it, we, you are probably we are all three of us probably of an approximate age so yeah i i have had this discussion with my wife more than once when something happens it's like but but it just this isn't the way it's supposed to be yeah yeah exactly yeah um and I mean, sorry to kind of loop it back to commercial considerations. No, but uh, but like Friendo really tries to capture that. <laughs> but but yeah, just yeah yeah. I mean the 
it, it's funny, isn't it? Because I mean, I mean as, as part of my um, part of my PhD, right? I, I did um, it, my my PhD was it was on JG Ballard, but I did it on nostalgia, and I, and I did a whole chapter um, on um, uh, cyber utopianism, <laughs> and I mean that stuff is just fascinating, man. You know, like you go you go back to to, to sort of the the early um, articles. Um, uh, about you know uh, the internet, you know when it's still called cyberspace and the information superhighway and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like I was honestly, like I was look, I was looking at a book, you know, just for reference, and it was called something like you know, homesteading on the electronic frontier. And the whole thing is couched in you know these, you know, you can see why it sort of emerged from like the Hay Ashbury scene, you know, um, that you know here was this tool that was going to you know. We, you know, it, it was going to elide all difference, and we were all going to understand each other on a kind of fundamental level, um, and we were all going to be really kind of vulnerable and open with each other. It's like, no, it's basically just it's the delivery system for like Nazism. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, 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 right. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I, I didn't see that coming. Um, but yeah, it's it, oh. it's crazy. New technology is pushed by either fascism or porn. Yeah, and and, I mean, you know, I I mean, I never thought I'd see the day where I found myself rooting for porn, but (laughs) (laughs) but then Stormy Daniels comes along, and (laughs) yeah, yeah, right. I mean, the hero for our time. Um, Yeah, it's 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 a funny. It's it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean. it, it, it's a it's a funny thing, isn't it? When when you realise that we're, we're we're the outcome is by no you know it, it, nothing seems to be a it, it, nothing's a kind of foregone conclusion. But like all we know is that we're on dirt road now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the, the the blacktop has run out. It's whatever happens. You know what I mean? Um, you feel like you're in a kind of out of control vehicle. Yeah. Which, um, you know, we get, gets back to that kind of lack of normativity that we talked about, you know, that, that you talk about with uh, with Frendo. <laughs> but it but it but it does make me wonder, you know, like, is there going to be I mean, it must by you know, I suppose it, it must be the case that, you know, sort of 18, 19 year olds now um, are going to have a much higher tolerance threshold for chaos. That is, is that a good thing yeah. or a bad thing? I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't know what that. I don't know what that looks like. Um, but it, you know, it, it, it's it, it, what it made me consider was just the the incredible amount of um, energy and resources and um, comfort required to uh, maintain my conception of norm of normalcy. Mm-hmm just how high maintenance my interpretation of normalcy is um, and, and, and the guilt that I then feel is in consequence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sorry, this is turning so real. That's okay. No, this is good. No, we, <laughs> we encourage discourse and this is discourse. The, the nice friendly kind. <laughs> yes. Yes, precisely. But um, here, I'm going to actually, I'm going to insert a nice jarring transition. Um, so I, I, you know, speaking of us all kind of being of, of relatively the same, the same age and, and coming of age in the 90s, uh, I saw you tweet the other day about uh, Granddaddy's The Software Slump album, which uh, yeah. I remember being an album I bought in college to appear hip, but not truly appreciating at the time uh, outside of, of, you know, uh, the Crystal Lake and Broken Household Appliance National Forest. Uh, I, I was just a little curious. Uh, what else might be in your in your collection from the golden age of the CD? Ah, right. Okay. Uh, mm. um, so from that era, let's yeah. see. Um, uh, Lamb Chop Nixon um, is a personal favorite. Um, I just, I just, I just think it's gorgeous. Um, what else? Uh, Yola Tengo, I Can Hear the Heart Beating as One. Mm-hmm. Um, the Natural Bridge by the Silver Jews. Um, I mean, it's, it's funny because, I, you know, I, I, I got into that stuff 
because uh, because uh, of girl. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, there, 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 there was a girl I was, I was really into at, at college uh, who was really into kind of lo-fi. Um, and so I kind of picked up all these albums, you know, in a sort of desperate bid to sort of like I was I was into new metal, um, which in hindsight, you know, oof. Um, <laughs> it was but, an unfortunate like, phase for a lot of us. <laughs> yeah, oh, dearie, dearie me. Um <laughs> Uh, although I stand by Deftones, like I'm, I'm still, I'm still happy to have that, you know, face out in the collection. That's, mm-hmm. that's not a problem. Uh, but yeah, yeah, everything else, like yeah, yeah, a little. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they're somewhere, you know, propping up a mattress. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I, I got, in, I got into all the sort of drag city stuff um, uh, 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 in, in a, in a doomed attempt to. Uh, to, to thwart a girl who was way out of my league um <laughs> but you know i walked away with some really good tunes so you know it all worked out yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um what, what are you reading these days oh okay um like um I guess, uh, uh, what comics wise or books or what doesn't have, do, it yeah. can be either. Okay. Um, yeah. So, um, right. On, well, on, on my nightstand at the moment, I have, uh, live and learn, which is, um, a collection of essays by Joan Didion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm enjoying that. Um, and, um, comics wise, uh, what am I really enjoying? Uh, yeah, uh, um, um, Mr. Miracle along with, you know, everyone else. Yeah. Uh, but like, it's a, it's a remarkable book. Um, my, you know, um, uh, Immortal Hulk, I think Mm -hmm. is a splendid book. Um, what else? Um, it's funny when you, you know, when you when you're all kind of put on the spot. It's 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 <laughs> it's sometimes difficult to sort of you know uh, do the sort of instant recall thing. Sure. Um, I mean, to be honest, I mean, since uh, there's, like I said, you know, the the white noise guys, are, 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 there's a there's a really strong emphasis on formalism. So I've actually been going back and doing a lot of my homework. So, I mean, one of the things that I'm rereading. Um, at the moment is, is, is actually born again. Um, and year one, um, just, you know, to look at sort of David Mazzuccelli's compositions, um, and, you know, getting my head around, you know, the, you know, the, the, the function and, 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 and purpose of the nine panel grid, you know, that kind of thing. Um, cause, like I said, you know, I, I I didn't do that stuff intuitively. I'm I'm not saying I'm that good, but it was always, you know, I I never saw these things. I, I never I never really thought about what the what these what that sort of what the sort of formal approaches were, were, were for. You know, I always thought they were just sort of vehicles for storytelling rather than sort of artistic artifacts in their own right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm. At, the, at quite a late stage in life, just sort of, you know, desperately sort of taking myself back to school. But I, I think that's a really important thing to do. I mean, you know, whether you're an artist or a writer or whatever, I think once a year you need to take yourself back to school. Um, you know, never assume that you have the basics down. Um, you know, so, you know, always, you know, any writers who, who, who are listening, you know, you've you got to read Understanding Comics once a year. You know, no ifs, ands, or buts. Um, there's um, a- Avatar as well. Have a, a you know a, 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 an essay by Alan Moore, you know, on how to write comics, and that's just magnificent as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, always be to, always be taking yourself back to school. You know, never 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 assume that you've you've mastered the basics. You know, I think that's a good place to to wrap up. Uh, Alex, how can people follow you online if you in fact wish to be followed? <laughs> get off my lawn uh, <laughs> yeah uh okay so um I, I i i actually have two twitter accounts um i have uh at alex Pacnadel, um 
which is um, a bit more kind of, uh, I guess, agnostic in terms of subject matter. Um, and then I have uh, just at a Pat Nadell, um, which is just pure comics. Um, you know, quite it's quite a sort of it, it, it's it's intended to be more of a kind of frivolous feed. You know what I mean? Because there are times there are times with the at Alex Pat Nadell account where I will just sort of you know go <laughs> scream into a bucket basically in public, <laughs> uh, which uh, yeah uh, hasn't got me into trouble yet. But uh, yeah, we'll see uh and uh yeah um but you you guys you know anyone listening you know i'm in the why noise collective uh you should also follow ram v ryan o'sullivan and dan waters and casper wingard um you know uh all very dynamic social presences uh but yeah oh i'm also on facebook uh i i i i i i logged off in a huff uh about six months ago <laughs> on principle right and then just slowly slunk back it was pathetic <laughs> just like yeah man stealing my data flip a table slowly resets the table <laughs> puts the tablecloth on and apologizes to mark zuckerberg <laughs> i'm sorry mark i didn't mean it can i mark it on your platform again please <laughs> Let's never let Cambridge Analytica come between us again. Yeah, yeah. you can turn my brain into dog food. I don't mind. <laughs> uh, Alex, thank you so much for your time. Not at all. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Yep. That's it for this week's show. As always, you can listen to WMQ&A on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at WMQComics.com, where new episodes move Monday mornings. You can support WMQ&A and WMQComics.com at Patreon.com slash WMQComics, where just a dollar donation gets you early access to episodes and the ability to promote your work on our site, and two dollars gets you a customized bonus reading column written by our own Matt Lazowitz, built around the character, creator, or theme of your choice. You can follow WMQ Comics on Twitter and Facebook, and you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel P. Grote and Matt Lazowitz at MattLaz1013. Finally, check out WMQComics.com for all your comics news, previews, reviews, interviews, and plain old views, and we'll see you next time. WMQA!